Welcome to the metaverse, your name here. Please take your shoes off and make yourself comfortable. In the metaverse, all your needs will be tended to. You will work, play, live, eat, sleep, breathe, and poop, all from the confines of your virtual world. What is this metaverse thing all about? If you have a VR headset, put one on now. If you don't, put on your pretend VR headset, you know, like the one your kindergarten teacher told you to wear. Today, we welcome Kathy Hackle, the godmother of the metaverse, to share what the metaverse is all about and how soon we will be entering into either a utopian paradise or dystopian hellscape. Let's get meta, but not that shitty Facebook brand on today's episode number 619 of the Bad Crypto Podcast. Welcome, Travis Wright, to your metaverse. Thank you. I mistakenly, uh, unfortunately, got on the shitty Facebook version. (laughs) I hit the X button. You don't want to do that. Just delete your Facebook account, man. That's all you really need to do. You can't do that if you got an Oculus. I know. You can't do that. I know. It's so horrible. But welcome to the Bad Crypto Podcast, the show for the crypto curious and the crypto serious we are the blockchain buffoons i just upgraded us from blockheads to buffoons oh is that an is that an upgrade i think so (laughs) we're the brilliant blockchain buffoons and it is time for some buffoonery and shenaniganery here on this episode of the show we decided to skip over the july 4th uh, holiday weekend but we're back and we're better than ever and we want to welcome you along for the ride yeah, and we've not actually talked about this in person, um, but today is the is we're recording this on the fifth. I guess we're releasing it on the sixth or the seventh. Uh-huh. Yeah, the sixth. And then yeah. so we know that the uh, five year anniversary of Bad Crypto is coming up shortly. And so have we decided how we want to do that? I, I take it we're not going to have an actual in person deal. Maybe we should have a virtual deal. Maybe a Twitter Space and a yeah. maybe a VR after party or something. I think that would be fun. Uh, let's let's talk about that offline. We'll schedule something, and you guys want to make sure and follow at Bad Crypto Pod on the Twitters, so you can get notified there. If you're not, you're not really as cool as you think you are. Uh-huh. So do that. Just get yourself a crypto Twitter handle. You know, you don't got to use Twitter for all of the stuff, but doing crypto and Web three stuff on the Twitters is probably a good idea. Make some pretty good connections. So we'll maybe do a Twitter space. And then I've been playing, as we talked about here in this interview, playing on Spatial.io. And you can do that on your Oculus. You can do it on your iPad or your iPhone or your Android, or you can do it on desktop. So you can have 50 people in a room. So I'm thinking maybe we have 50 people RSVP or something to come into the after party or something. That'd be fantastic. I would love to do that. So watch for information on that. And uh, we got a great interview for you guys today. In fact, we've been trying to get Kathy Hackle to come on the show for some time, and we've had just different reasons that it didn't work out. We finally got her. In fact, she's still trapped in a cage down over there. She's not. She's in the metaverse, but our own private centralized one that she can't escape from. (laughs) (laughs) 
So let's get all metaversal with it. Here's our interview with Kathy. What is this thing called the metaverse? Are we calling it by its right name or the dystopian visions that we have of it from science fiction, film and TV accurate, or is it actually uh, going to be hopeful for us? I don't know. Travis, do you know? He doesn't know. He just knows he's muted. That's and he can't. Yeah, I was muted. And I was trying to get to that. Mo- when you have too many monitors, I was like, "Wait, how do I get?" Nope, got got to lift it up, and move over, then go down, and then go over, and then okay, there it is. And you're too busy. You're you're busy in the, you're metaversing over there. I was actually trying to find the show notes, and then I didn't see any show, notes, and then I see the show notes, and so now I'm all show notified. Well, you know what? You don't need to know a lot because our guest today knows it all. She is a top tech voice on LinkedIn. She is the author of the best-selling book, Navigating the Metaverse, a guide to limitless possibilities in a Web3 world, along with our good friend, Doug Lewis from Opland. Doug is also the author of a book. And she's also a friend of ours. We've known her for a number of years and watch her rise to fame as I think we might have to hear for heretofore dub her the queen of the metaverse, the one and only Kathy Hackle. Kathy, welcome to Bad Crypto. I am so excited to be here. I've been wanting to be on the show for a while and I'm just so pumped. What do you think of the title, Queen of the Metaverse? So actually, Paris Hilton already took that one. Nah, um, she can't now. She's <laughs> why? Why would she? Okay, give me the case. You're Paris Hilton. Tell me why you should be queen of the metaverse. You need to ask her. But I, I know she's investing in a lot of startups, and she's she's got Paris World in Roblox, and uh, you know, I, more power to her. More power to her. Uh, people call me the godmother of the metaverse. So uh, hey, you know. Uh, well, you know, I've been in the metaverse, metaverse related industries for over eight years. Like I actually met y'all before I went into tech. Like I met you guys when I was in live streaming, like back in the day. Um, and then eventually went into VR and AR and everyone's like, you are crazy. What are you doing? I remember people reaching out like, what are you, what? Um, it's been one heck of a ride watching you evolve from like, Uh remember where you were, you're like, you positioned yourself, you, you've, you've woven the web three Mm -hmm. quite nicely. Yeah, yeah, I rode the wave. I, I always say I recognized the rocket when I saw one. And I was like, I'm getting on this rocket. I don't know where it's going to take me, but I know I'm going up. Um, so yeah, you know, I've been in metaverse related industries over eight years, worked with HTC Vive. Uh, I was their VR evangelist during a partnership with Spielberg's Ready Player One, well, the adaptation of Ernie Klein's book. Uh, went over to uh, Magic Leap as well, um, which some here people, folks here might know or not, but they make spatial computing glasses, augmented reality glasses, um, the chief futurist when I was there was actually Neil Stevenson, who coined the term metaverse in one of his sci-fi novels. Um, then actually ended up at Amazon Web Services and worked on many things, including large-scale gaming simulations, and then launched off on my own. And my company got acquired in 10 months, which is crazy. Wow. My metaverse consultancy. Thank you. Yeah. I mean, I sold it for seven figures. I feel really good about that. You should. So, as you should. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So wait, so but nobody owns you. I mean, you're like you're an independent. Well, well now since since Journey, the company that bought my company, I'm now part of Journey. I'm their chief metaverse officer. Um, but no one owns me. I am my own. You're the CMV. CMO. Yeah, I am the CMV. No, it's, it's a CMO. CMVO because CMO is taken. Some people say C Meta O. Some people see CMO, CMVO. Like I've heard all sorts of acronyms for it. 
um, chief metaverse officer. So, and I gave myself that title, by the way. So. Okay. We'll go with that title. I'm, I'm cool with that chief metaverse officer. So, you know, watching this whole space evolve, and I'm going to let Joel have his, I'm going to let Joel have his, his metaverse rant here in a second. His next question will be about the metaverse rant that he has, but I'm curious, like where, where are we in the web three metaverse world? Like how far along are we and how long until we get to mass adoption? Because it seems like yeah. it's still a little early. It's very nascent, you know, not, not the idea and the concept of the metaverse have been around for a long time. It's more like the building blocks of creating the actual metaverse are still far, like far away in my perspective. Right. Um, I see like some of the gaming platforms as metaverse platforms, lowercase M uh, or proto metaverses, lowercase M. Right. So like when someone says like Roblox is the metaverse or like Fortnite is the metaverse, I don't agree with that. Um, you know, I think the metaverse, the greater metaverse, that metaverse capital M is not here yet. We're building towards it. Um, yeah, you know, we, we're right now, like what, what the next 10 years are all about are building the rails, building the devices, getting to where we need to do with computing power, edge computing, um, building, starting to build content, test content, what works, what doesn't work. Right. So that's my perspective. Some people believe it's already here to me. No, to me, we're like, we're building this, this in the next 10 years, huge moment for builders in whichever part you're going to play, right? Uh, another important part, it's not one technology, it's many different technologies. So it's enabled by many different technologies, not just VR, because some people tend to be like really hyper-focused on like Ready Player One. And I'm like, no, that's a pretty dystopic view of the future. Um, so yeah, it's not VR, <laughs> specifically VR is one of the enabling technologies, but you've got AR, you've got, you know, blockchain and NFTs are another part of it, AI, uh, edge computing, like I mentioned, 5G, 6G, whatever comes next, like some of the more boring ones, right? Um, but but yeah, there's a lot of different technologies that enable it. And it's definitely not one single company. So um, so yeah, that's kind of like what I believe, what I envision and see from the metaverse. And what when, you know, and this is really interesting because about two years ago, I wrote an article in Forbes, an essay called uh, The Metaverse is Coming. It's a very big deal. This is before everyone was talking about the metaverse, right? And I still have people that clients and friends that reach out and say, hey, that was such a monumental piece for me. It might have been the first time they came across this idea and this concept. And, um, you know, and it's in kind of see where we're now, like we're building towards it. It's, you know, people are talking about it. Yes, there's hype. It's very hypey. I completely agree. But that idea and the concept that there is a successor state to today's mobile internet and we're building it right now, for me, definitely remains to be, it remains the truth. So. But, but but the hype, you know, cycle it has mm -hmm. to happen. And if you look at, you know, the internet and the, the mid late nineties, there was the yeah. hype about it. And then we had the dot-com crash and then the internet came back stronger than ever. And now Jeff Bezos owns all of us, right? And, and Mark Zuckerberg owns us. I like what you said about metaverse with a small M and you went mm -hmm. right to the heart of my rant. The fact that we're using the term metaverse incorrectly because I think a metaverse indicates that there's one, this is the unifying verse that has interoperability between, we should be calling these virtual worlds or verses, mm -hmm. uh, but we're not. And so even a project I'm working on now, they're building a metaverse and I've got to go along with it because this is part of the deal. But I've had the, um, the Oculus since they came out with it, mm -hmm. uh, March, 2016, I want to say. I remember that. I remember when you had it. Yeah. And it was the Rift that connected to the PC. And I still, I use my Oculus Quest 
almost every day playing Beat Saber, which is probably not good for my shoulders and all that, but I love it so much. Uh, anyway, I was going to ask. Probably you, great for your shoulders, actually. It's probably going to be moving around. Right? My arms get there. I mean, because I'm playing on Expert Plus now. It's like, oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. You know, I found something that might help you. I got this. I found this thing on Amazon. It's this arm shoulder pillows for like when you're snoozing. Oh, my gosh. It is so perfect. You put it right there and your arm just because uh, I'm I normally will scrunch down and crunch while I'm sleeping. But this right here keeps my arm back. So it's like, oh, I woke up feeling like I was sleeping beauty. Like oh. the bad crypto podcast brought to you by my pillow. Use coupon code. <laughs> so you you know you had you were playing with vr and ar headsets before i mean i think you even had a google glass right i didn't i wore i wore i never owned one um but i did you know i did wear one and yeah, it was just too early, right? It was too Re- early. Remind I think. people, people like wait, Google Glass. What is oh, that? Oh, Google Glass. Yeah. Oh my gosh, it was these looking weird, weird looking glasses that had cameras that would be recording things. Um, you know, Robert Scoble, uh, who you know now there's a lot of you know negative things that happened, but um, he he was kind of like the guy that some wore it in the shower and someone mm-hmm. t- like yeah t- got a picture taken and. Um, but it was, you know, when, when it came out, I think the marketing was wrong. It was too early. Like, if you look at all the marketing, it was just kind of like, where are you marketing this to? It was um, 2013. I, I just looked mm-hmm. it up on Wikipedia, April, 2013, and they sold them for $1,500. Um, they went public with them in May of 2014. And then January, 2015, they stopped producing yeah. them. And I had ordered one right at the beginning of January. And I heard they were going to stop producing. I'm like, nope, don't send it refund yeah yeah but um but you know they, they did revamp it they launched the version two which is all enterprise um you know like i know they've got some use cases like the shangi airport in singapore uses them for like logistics and stuff so so they did make a comeback in some ways with better hardware um but more for the enterprise but it's still it's not a product that you see everyone using um you know <laughs> there is a guy i know that still wears his and i'm like wow that's crazy so that is amazing yeah. for, for corporate use, though. Imagine like if you're uh, working at Amazon warehouse or something, you're like, oh, I'm picking this item up. Boop. And then you sit it down. Boop. Like, you know, it's like, yeah, there is some definite some use cases for that. And I think more so as we, you know, move down the line. Right. Like more of those use cases of, of AR. I'm like, I'm mostly excited yeah, yeah, about yeah. AR. Like AR Me too. would be really awesome. Me too. I think definitely like Magic Leap and Microsoft HoloLens, which are more advanced, you know, uh, spatial computing and AR AR glasses. I think that that's very powerful. To me, to be honest, Travis, like what excites me about the metaverse is, yeah, I love the virtual side of it, but the physical world is part of the metaverse. It just hasn't been enabled, right? And when mm-hmm. that when that part of the equation gets enabled, when we fully merge virtual with physical, that is the holy grail. Like that is going to change so like that's going to change how we engage with technology in a level that we've never seen before. Like the phone changed everything, right? That next level that we're heading into is going to make, make that big change again from a societal perspective. Right. Like um, VR so, yeah. is, is the next, like we got into VR in this beta testing phase first, right? We're playing with our quests and all that, but it seems to me that AR is going to make the bigger yeah. move first and then VR as demonstrated by how many millions of people played Pokemon go when yeah. that thing came out. Or the amount of people that are on Snapchat, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. Or the amount of people that are now on TikTok, which is embracing AR. Like these are things that people are already doing, right? If you ask any Gen Z that's buying or like young millennial or Gen Z that's buying makeup 
virtual try on is not a nice to have. It's a must have. Like how, how can I not try this color on, right? My, this lipstick, lipstick, right? So I think that there's this, this kind of moment right now, it's mostly on our mobile phones, but eventually it moves up to glasses. And whenever it does move up there, then that changes the equation and changes everything. So, um, so I do think, you know, there's this moment, you know, I, I think of some of us that have been in the space for a long, a long time, think of the term extended reality or XR. And that is the idea that, you know, eventually, eventually, who knows if this happens, right? Um, you might have a device that can do both VR, so fully immersive and can do AR, right? That remains to be seen, et cetera. But, but yeah, eventually that's the concept and the idea that some people want to have is that something that can do both. Um, we'll see, you know, I mean, I enjoy my time in VR, but Joel, like I can be in there 45 minutes and then I got to take the headset off. Like at least for a little bit, I need to take a break and then I can go back in. Um, but there's only so much time I can be in that. Uh, whereas I feel that with with glasses, you know, potentially with AR glasses, depending on on the technology, I might be able to wear them longer. Um, so we'll, we'll have to see. So it's it's definitely an exciting time. It's an exciting time. I will say this: I think people underestimate how hard it is to put a supercomputer on someone's face. That part is really tough and really hard to do, both from the battery, the optics, the weight, the ergonomics, everything that has to do with putting that exactly with putting supercomputer gla- in your face. In your face. Yeah. Um, plus it's gotta be sexy and we're not there yet. So, so, so that, that, that poses an interesting question because I've always thought of this, it's like, you don't have to put the battery in the glasses, mm-hmm. but you know, you can have like a little, I can, cl- I'm cool with clipping something on my belt or something and maybe plugging it in and then having a little bit of line and then plugging it back into the, the, you know, the external battery, that wouldn't be a problem. Well, I'm doing, I've done some research on, I've seen a couple of things that are really interesting to me. That's kind of triggering some things. One is Apple. Like I'm, I'm mm-hmm. reading that, you know, I've read that they're going to launch in 2022. Then I read that they're going to launch in 2024. And I've also been reading about these AR contact lenses. Yeah. And Mojo vision. So, mm-hmm. so what's going on with that? And when can we actually maybe, when do you think we're going to see some of these popping out for real? Yeah. I mean, I mean, the only other people that work within Apple that have knowledge of that can tell you like anyone else is just speculating, right? Cause no one knows. It's like, Oh, they're going to launch in 2022, 2023. That being said, I mean, Tim Cook is being a little bit more open about that. And he'll be like, yes, we are. We believe in augmented reality and it's a big part of what we're doing. So he started to be a little bit more open. I think, you know, probably in a year, maybe a year and a half, we'll hear a little bit more and he'll be like, and one more thing. Right. Um, so we'll see. I think we're all excited about that. That'll be a pivotal moment. I think for everyone in the street, but it'll be really early. It's like, did you like, not everyone ran out and got an iPhone when it first came out. A lot of people did, but not everyone. Right. So same thing. I think it's more like an iWatch where not everyone out and got an iWatch, but they're like, all right. And I watch it. Like I, I didn't get the you know, Gen 1 iWatch. I think mm-hmm. I got an i4, a Generation 4 iWatch, and then I finally just got uh, upgraded and got a new one. But I think that's probably what will happen with those Apple glasses. Yeah. But I think that's going to change the game. Like, if they yeah. drop those, my only concern is, like, how much data are they going to be able to pull from that? Because they're going to see everything I'm reading, yeah. everything I'm looking at, every place I go. Like, that kind of bothers me a little bit. Yeah, a lot of those devices have cameras both looking outward and looking at you as well. <laughs> so your eyes... You're, you know, you, your Oculus already measures like how you, they already, you know, scan your hands. So they do hand tracking. It scans yeah. your eyes. It scans, you know, I think it's within 20 seconds of wearing an Oculus Quest. You can be, they have enough information, biometric data to personally identify you. Um, so, you know, that there is that wow. scary part of the future. There is that scary part of the future when it comes to biometrics and data. So 
And I think it's a legitimate fear. So I hadn't heard, I heard somebody talking about contact lenses, but I didn't realize mm-hmm. they were actually in development. Mojo.vision. Yeah. Their CEO just things. used them. So uh, it says Mojo lenses revolutionary design uses a tiny micro LED display the size of a grain of sand to share critical information and smart sensors powered by solid state batteries built into a scleral lens that also corrects your vision by overlaying digital information onto our world. Mojo Lens empowers each of us to be our best self in any situation. Good marketing speak. But basically, this means the future of uh, AR and VR is not a headset and it's not necessarily glasses, but these contact lenses seem to be the avenue. And I could see them being blackout lenses that then turn into Mm -hmm. VR. Yeah. I mean, I think we're further out from gla- from contact lenses <laughs> just because there's a lot more to solve there. Um, the CEO of Motivision. And they look weird. Like, and they got like a basically, <laughs> it makes them look like you have no soul. They look at you, they're all black. And it's like, look at me with my no soul. It's soulless oh. Travis. Soulless but some Travis. People, some people do that Possessed. now. They wear. Possi- they wear these contact lenses that are like snake eyes and stuff. There's creepy looking things that people do to their eyes so well there are contact lenses there's transition contact lenses where like you know just like your glasses if you're wearing transition glasses like it'll turn dark like there's transition contact lenses just Mm -hmm. a lot of people don't use them because it's weird right (laughs) but yeah they do exist but i would say you know is the future contact lenses maybe i just don't know we're there yet uh, with with those types of wearables same thing with brain computer interfaces that you know connect our brain to to our computers like are we ready for implants i don't think everyone's ready for that um, you know, I've used the external devices and they're quite interesting, but am I ready to put something in my brain, a chip? No, I'm not ready to do anything like that. Uh, an external device. Yeah. I'm more open to wear an external device if it makes my life easier. So, um, so I don't know, you know, I think, I think we're going to mo- move away from the mobile phone into glasses. What comes next? Potentially contact lenses. There'll be some level of brain computer interface. Who knows? Um, that being said, every time I see a new phone announcement, it's like, how many more cameras can we add to the phone? Like, what else can we do to this thing to make it better? And I think that that's where we're getting to that point where innovation has to lead us in a different route because there's only so much more I can add to the phone. So, mm. yeah. I just discovered that on my iPhone that this little this little camera right there is mm. LiDAR. I yeah. didn't even realize it was LiDAR. And you can literally take a volumetric scan of your room. And then you could, I hadn't figured out how to turn that into the metaverse, in, in, you know, into a metaverse asset or an environment in that, but it's definitely, it actually yeah. was kind of, it was kind of janky. It looked really weird. Like it was all like, <laughs> like yeah. it's not really smooth as it could be. So it's not great LIDAR, but it was interesting. So my next question is around these virtual worlds. Cause I'm not going to call them a metaverse. Cause Joel scolds me. <laughs> um, what are the most, what are the most fun ones now that you think that, and then maybe which ones are the most realistic looking and mm-hmm. what kind of, what kind of power do you have to have to get into those? Like you got to have a super powerful PC and you got to have the, the, the different VR headsets. Like what's the accessibility? Well, here's what I'll tell you. Like when it comes to virtual worlds, in my mind, I divide them into centralized and decentralized. Right. Okay. The decentralized is a lot of our friends like Upland and the Sandbox and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and Decentraland um, and all of those where you actually have, you know, there's an NFT component. You actually own that. You can own and trade the land. You can own the assets, all those sorts of things. Right. And, you know, as we know from Decentraland and the Sandbox, you know, you don't necessarily need a gaming PC with a crazy graphics card to run them. 
right? right. They can run in a, you know, a regular and Upland runs on a mobile phone as well. So, so, you know, graphics wise, I'm not really going to go that way. What I do think from the centralized perspective, from a high fidelity standpoint, anything built with the Unreal Engine is going to be really high fidelity. That being said, Unity's catching up, but like Fortnite has great graphics. Um, you know, so if you, any game created with, with, you know, with Fortnite with Unreal Engine is going to have great graphics as well. Uh, so like core core is like, um, an unreal engine created game looks very similar to Fortnite, but is actually veering into web three. They, they kind of announced an integration with web three beyond just displaying your NFTs. They've gone a little bit further. So keep your eye on them. They're a smaller platform, right? But fidelity wise, it's called again, core C O R E they're owned by Manticore games and they just announced an integration with web, with, with web three. And, um, and we actually use them. So what we did the first bill ringing. So myself and Journey, my company, did the first bill ring in both in the physical world at NASDAQ market site and in 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 the metaverse. Let's call it the metaverse, but it was the, a, a virtual space in in core. We did it live. So I rang the bell physically at NASDAQ to open the markets. And then my avatar, which was being, you know, being used by a friend of mine, uh, pressed the bell also in this virtual world. And we kind of did it all at the same time, went live on television. It was crazy that we actually pulled it off. Um, but yeah. Those, you know, the graphics were higher fidelity. That being said, once again, this is another caveat. If you are a brand and you want to activate, you want to go, you know, you want to necessarily, you want to go where, where the players are, right? Where are the players, right? Depending on who your brand is and what they want to, what they want to attract. Mm-hmm. A lot of the brands we're working with are building in Roblox, right? Some are building in Fortnite creative. Um, some want to do something in the central end or the sandbox. It really depends on where your audience is, right? But if you're a big brand, like the brands I work with, a lot of them are looking at, Roblox or Fortnite Creative or some of these other platforms, right, to activate. So these so-called metaverses that are not on blockchain, Roblox, Mm -hmm. Minecraft, do you see them being able to make the pivot? Do they want to make the pivot where Mm -hmm. people have ownership of their stuff? I don't know. (laughs) I don't know if they want to make the pivot. I think they might have to eventually make some type of integration um or test some type of integration right into i think with epic you already start to see some nft games uh on the epic store um so so i don't know i, I think it'll it'll be a transition i you know right now i i, I think it's going to take some time i think core what core did moving away from being just centralized into being a, a little bit more decentralized is going to be something that people are going to be looking at um and how everything works out for them so that'll be interesting. I think that eventually they will be testing some of these things, right? Or the other option is, for example, Microsoft, right? Microsoft, Activision, Blizzard, you know, Xbox, Minecraft. They might try some type of interoperability or decentralization within. It's not even, you know, you can't even call it decentralization, but some type of <clears throat> interoperability within their game, with their within their universe of games, right? They could try that, but it might still be a centralized um, space. Well, you know, Microsoft is making those moves. They bought Altspace VR, right? Mm -hmm. Isn't that that's a recent acquisition and, um, you know, great meeting place. So if they do with that, what they've done with Minecraft, Mm -hmm. um, that's going to be huge. I'm I'm curious about this. So I I just, you know, the other day uh, I was in a a Twitter space and somebody goes, oh, come check out my area in spatial.io. (laughs) <laughs> so we literally went inside an NFT that yeah. was a penthouse. And I was like, whoa, 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 hold on a second. This is an NFT. And so then I went and it was an exclusible was the name yeah. of the company. And I, love I bought, them. I bought a, a, a Dubai penthouse, a Paris penthouse, 
and you can actually it's so it was really it was fun about it is that i can do it in my vr on, on my mm -hmm. oculus quest i can do it on the ipad i can do it on my iphone or i can do it on the browser and so i was like wow this is a good way to get people into these virtual worlds not just with a headset on yeah. you can just play and i was thinking man we could have we could have vip parties or something up here in a penthouse and just let people in and, and, it, and it can be kind of fun so i was just like all right because that to me was new i'd never been inside of an nft to my knowledge and i was like wait a second this mm -hmm. is cool so are there other platforms as core is that like that where you can have these 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 environments that are actually nft environments nft environments I don't know what you would call them. Yeah. Kind of like yeah. That. I mean, first of all, big shout out to the team at Exclusible. I love the work they've been doing. <clears throat> and I love that they partnered with Spatial to take this to the next level. Right. So um, the Spatial has been around like it's for an quite a while. It's an up and coming metaverse, right? Spatial. Yeah. Yeah. I own, I own a few things, you know, like I, I bought some of their initial uh, lands. Uh, but yeah. land, I mean, kind of, I don't know what they call them. They, I still, I can't remember what they call them. They have, they have a specific name. Um, but yeah, I think that they're doing a really good job. Um, I think, I think the point there, Travis, is that it's a lot about world building, right? And I have a saying that a lot of people hear me say, it's like in the metaverse, we're all world builders and now is your time to build. And whether it's building community or building, you know, an NFT or building worlds, like it's our time to build right now is the time to start creating these things. Yeah. And I think that that's where, you know, the partnership between exclusive and, and spatial made a lot of sense. They were both growing. They were both kind of heading in this in, in, in these directions and the partnership makes sense. So, um, so yeah, I think, you know, cyber, cyber, um, is it cyber, cyber, what's it called? I cannot remember, but like, for example, I'm a Clonex uh, holder. I think you are too, right, uh, Joel? And we get the cyber, what's it called? Cyber, cyber dream, cyberspace. Oh, is there something coming that I'm not aware of? No, that... no, we all got it. We all got it. We all got the, oh, space, the, space, like, pods. the, the, the space, space pods. The space pods. We all got yeah. space pods. Yeah. We got space pods that we can decorate, et cetera, et cetera. And it's like, I cannot remember the name right now, cyber something.io. Um, but that's, you know, th that's an NFT that you can build into as well. So it's an NFT tied to your NFT. But, um, but yeah, you know, I mean, when you buy land, as you know, in the central land, you can build on it. You're building on your land, which is an NFT. The house isn't necessarily an NFT, but. Do so. you feel like these that are so the earliest ones are mm -hmm. um, there's four of them, Decentraland, mm -hmm. Sandbox, um, yeah. the uh, Somnium the Space and uh -huh. Crypto Voxels, right? Those yeah. are the earliest ones. Uh, do you think that first mover advantage for those is going to give them longevity or do you think that some of them might fail? Well, I own land in three of those, <laughs> so I'm hoping that three of those survive. Um, you know, not that I have anything against the fourth one, but, um, but yeah, you know, I, I think, you know, Sandbox, for example, I think has had some amazing partnerships. Um, I think they're well positioned. I mean, I think the central land from the central land from a community perspective is really interesting. They're doing some great events. I was, uh, the chairwoman for metaverse fashion week, which is held in the central land. So, so yeah, I, I don't know, like, will they all be, will they all survive? I don't know. Um, I'm very, actually, I'm very excited about star Atlas. Hmm. right that once again unreal engine that's beautiful beautiful it's going to look beautiful we we and, both full disclosure travis and i both got to be early investors in star oh, atlas and we yeah. are i mean i feel like wow it's kind of like super quiet right now yeah and once it hits and people understand what it is they're building what why do yeah. you besides the fact that the graphics are pretty why do you like it I love the team. I think they have a solid team. I think that they, they've been quiet for a reason. And I think it's because they're building, 
right? They're building. They're not necessarily doing all the marketing stuff right now because they're building. And um, in the stuff I've seen, I'm just really impressed. Like I'm, yeah, it takes a lot to impress me. <laughs> and I'm actually really impressed with them um, and, and with their ideas and concepts and how they're putting it all together. So that's one that I would definitely keep my eye out for. I love yeah. that. I want to ask about this. So, you know, I know a lot of people who are listening to this show, maybe have kids that are that are building in Minecraft or mm-hmm. they're playing in Roblox or they're doing stuff in Fortnite, right? My question is around file formats. Like if I want to mm-hmm. create something for a metaverse and I actually downloaded Unreal Engine 5 and I'm playing around with it. So I, because I'm, I'm a graphic guy myself, I like mm-hmm. to explore and kind of play around. So I'm going to see what I can do. But what what do you need to export it as? Like if I want to put something in spatial, or if I want to put something in core, one of these other ones, like how, what do I need to do to create, to export it and then upload it? And here it is. Now it's inside this metaverse. You know, I would love to find a solution that can do that for every single type of asset, but I haven't come across a solution that will do it for everything. Right. Cause at the end of the day, what you're trying to solve, there's interoperability of how you take the asset that you created and port it mm-hmm. into the sandbox for it to look this way and port it in Roblox for it to look this way and port right. it into, you know, the central end. And then so if I just export something okay. in unreal engine, it's only able to be imported into this one or this one, but I got to yeah. mo- modify it. I, I don't even know. Yeah, no, no. I mean, right now you, you can't, that's a big problem of interoperability. It does not currently exist. Right. There are, you know, Ready Player Me, I think uh, they do a great job with the avatars and being able to port them into a whole bunch of different places. But, um, you know, it, it's it's still not it's still not easy. Let's say I build a house in spatial and I build it once. And then can I take that asset and port it into the sandbox and put it into the central land that currently does not exist? And if it does, please reach out and let me know. Um, but, you know, that I think it's that's, you know, and then you're also talking yeah. about moving things between centralized and decentralized platforms. What is the incentive for a centralized platform to allow you to bring that in, you know? So, so big, big question. Definitely. Yeah. Big business opportunity. No incentive indefinitely. And I think, you know, the, this concept of the metaverse, the metaverse happens when we have interoperability between these that I can go from Decentraland and move my avatar with my possessions into sandbox. It might look different, right? Your character kind of changes because of the graphic uh, limitations. Um, I know that Unreal 5 is going to do some amazing things. We're, um, we're, we're looking at Victoria VR Mm -hmm. as, as one of those which just looks again they're building quietly uh and i think i know the answer to this question but maybe you can support or um disagree you know a lot of people are like well the best graphics are going to win but then i look at you know sandbox into central and i think well look at minecraft and roblox in an age of amazing graphics I think every player is going to want something different. Like you can't, we can't make that blanket statement that everyone's, everyone wants super high fidelity. Right. I think that, you know, if, if I am, that being said, if I am a luxury brand and I want to, you know, port my, you know, my Birkin bag, I might want to look for the most high fidelity because that's just my ethos as a brand. Right. But it doesn't mean that everything has to look a certain way or everything has to be done in unreal. Um, so yeah, I mean, to each his own, I think there's gonna be lots of different flavors and, you know, some will be more voxels, more, you know, more voxels more, you know, it'll, it'll really, really depend. Um, you know, yeah, I don't know. Like my children, you know, my children play Minecraft and Roblox. Those are their, their games. And, you know, it's not like, oh my gosh, I want to work. I want to move on to Fortnite because the graphics are better. Like that's not a conversation we have. Yeah. How do we inspire them? Yeah. To want to be builders in the metaverse, because that to yeah. me, I think, is the disconnect because here they are 
They're putting all their time in Roblox and Minecraft or Fortnite. They're playing all this stuff. They're doing all these things, building all these things in a centralized world. So how are we, and a lot of them are developing really keen building skills. Oh yeah. How do we bridge that? Right. Cause I'm trying to put a fire in my daughter's ass because she's great at building stuff in mm -hmm. Minecraft. But I was like, if you could learn how to do this in unity or learn how to yeah. do this in unreal engine or something then or sandbox and you could sell these assets and you know, and she's like, Meh. well, this is what I'll tell you from my experience with my son. Um, he's actually at, at STEM computer science camp right now because <laughs> um, he loves all that stuff. He became a Roblox developer last year. Certainly he went to cores and got a little certification and he develops in Roblox right now. And he actually makes money. Like he makes, mm. doesn't a lot, not a lot, but he makes money because people play his experience. And what I've been trying to do is kind of spend a little time between world building between let's say gameplay, like when they're actually in their gaming and world and world building, right? So they're they're playing, they can also be building. So we got to split that time because the building skills, I think, is what's really important, right? So I think that that's something. Um, something that happened recently was the passing of a Minecraft gamer, Technoblade, right? And I remember my son coming to my office. He knocked on my door and said, Mommy, can I talk to you? I just heard that Technoblade, you know, 23-year-old gamer, um, very known in Minecraft, had passed away from cancer. So we had a, a great conversation, and he felt really sad. He was sad. Um, and he walked away and then he said, I have an idea. So we walked away and then he came back, knocked on the, door, on the door again. And I opened the door and he said, I want to show you something. So I walked over to his desk. He had gone into Roblox into one of his, his experiences and created a memorial, right? So that's a moment for me where I said, wow, the skills that I gave him are not only helping him, yeah, make a little money here and there, but are helping him cope and manage his emotions in a very positive way, right? Mm. So that was for me. And I, I posted on LinkedIn, got tons of feedback and you know, for me, it was a really important moment because, yeah, he, you know, he can also play, he plays sports and he's also using physical activity to manage emotions. But he was able to use those building skills to manage how he felt at that moment. And that to me was really powerful. And like, what can this technology do beyond making money? Right. It can actually help them express themselves in a safe way, in a way that can allow them to, I don't know, to use technology in a different way. Well, you know, technology is amoral. It's neither good nor bad. It's what we do with it. And this is why, you know, we were so drawn to social media in the beginning. And of course, look what happens. You know, people eventually turn something that's meant to connect and for good and to give people a place um, and a voice And big tech comes in. And this is, I think, the fear about the metaverse. So you've got to have some of that trepidation as well as we as we get ready to finish out here today, maybe give us your vision for what should the metaverse look like and what are your biggest fears? Yeah, I'll tell you what keeps me up at night is definitely the biometric data and privacy, um, you know, those sorts of things. <clears throat> I think we need to have really open conversations, really uncomfortable conversations from the get-go because there will be challenges we don't even know are going to exist that are going to pop up and happen, right? Um, so part, I'm, I'm, I'm team, let's have those uncomfortable conversations now. Right. Um, I, I believe that I personally want to build towards an open decentralized metaverse or mostly open and decentralized. That would be, I think, the goal. And then, you know, from from a you know, I'm, I'm neither utopic nor dystopic about that. I'm, I'm what's called protopian. I'm in the middle. Um, you know, I, I do think that if we build it differently and if it is decentralized and if we have more people making decisions, more companies at the forefront, um, and if, you know, and I personally, as a woman uh, and a Latina, if more people like me can help build this future and have a seat at the table, that affects positive change. 
right? So for me, that's important, right? And I, I've said this, I've said that at NASDAQ, I said, I'm not the typical face that you think of when you think of technology, right? But that's what's important for everyone to know this future is being built and everyone's welcome to build it, right? So, and that's why I said, right now is the time to build, right? You can build things without necessarily being, you know, a tech giant. So, so yeah, I think, I think there is, uh, there is hope. I think personally, I have a lot of hope about the future. Is it all going to be perfect? No, I don't think so. I think there's going to be bad things that happen, but you know, I do want to build towards a better future for my children that hopefully won't harvest their data. So keep your hands off my data, Travis, right? <laughs> I mean, don't be touching it. I'm trying to keep my hands off your data. <laughs> it seems like though, that it's going to be captured more and more. So over time, so I guess I, I love what you just said there. That was kind of a nice little wrapped it all up there at, at the end. There any final words that you maybe like to bestow upon the listeners of Bad Cryptopia about the metaverse, <laughs> how to get rolling, what to do, what to, how to think about this? Like, what, what, how, how should yeah. we be thinking about this? I guess as we wrap up. Yeah, get away from the hype. Get away from the hype and just think this about the next the, the successor, successor state to today's mobile internet. What would you want to see done differently? Now is your time to to really affect change, right? It's it's just this moment of creativity. I don't know how to explain it. Just the moment where we there's hope in me that we can make a better future. Not a perfect one. Don't don't read too much into that. Not a perfect one, but at least a better one. She just went all public enemy on us, Travis. Don't believe the hype. She's like, don't believe the hype. What, I've just what? been believing it, though. Now I don't. Now I've, now I've been learned. I've been you just learned. observe Kathy Hackle at, uh, at kathyhackle.com. I'd like to buy a vowel, please. It's spelled H-A-C-K-L. Either an E before the L. A vowel challenge. Like, let's, <laughs> let's just throw an E in there somewhere. The godmother of the metaverse. There are tons of links in the show notes, guys, for many of the things we discussed today. So make sure you check it out. And uh, Kathy, thanks for coming on and, and tolerating us. All right. I'll see you guys in the metaverse. Oh, man, I sprained my metaversal. Oh, is it your metaversal arch? Yeah, I don't know. Is that what that is? Metatarsal? What is that? Is like a real thing? Is like a meta- I don't know. What is a metatarsal? If thing? you sprain your metaversal, it means you get bent out of shape in the metaverse. <laughs> oh no! You got to walk around with like your like like what happens when your controller's out of place and your arm is like. Rah! Yeah, for those of you who have never checked out crypto voxels, I didn't say this during the interview. I did say that it was one of the four early ones. I have a feeling that's the one that she doesn't have land in. You know, she I mentioned Sandbox, Decentraland, um, Somnium Space and Crypto Voxels. And she says she has three out of the four. So I'm guessing Crypto Voxels is the one. And it's the only one that we've actually built a space in. If you go to badco.in forward slash voxels, it'll put you right there at the entrance or inside our uh, Republic of Bad Cryptopia in Crypto Voxels. And you could belly up to the bar. You'll see that uh, Travis and I are the doormen, we're the bouncers. And um, you can play some uh, music and audio clips there at the bar. Just push the play button once you're in there. And it's just, it's just kind of fun to see this little thing we built. I'll put a link to it in the show notes too. Yeah, matter of fact, on last Thursday, I was on the Twitters and I saw uh, Ken Bosack talking about this comedy verse. So somebody had created a comedy store inside the metaverse. Something I was thinking about, like how cool would it be to have a really good comedy room, you know, and you can have the mic. And so they actually did it in in, uh, in Crypto Voxels. And uh, I, I didn't get to go up on stage because they already had their people already set up, but maybe in the future be able to go up. But it's kind of weird because nobody, you can't hear anybody laugh, right? So I was thinking how cool it would be would almost is like, 
assign yourself a laugh. Like, this is my laugh. <laughs> and then like, when somebody says a funny joke, like everybody pushes their laugh button. So it's its own unique laugh. Everybody. I want to be the guy who has that custom laugh. That's like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you don't want that. You, so you don't want that laugh. If you're a comedian, you don't want to hear some annoying. Laughter. I know that's why I want to be that guy. It's like heckling legally. <laughs> oh man. You're that guy. I love the idea of a comedy verse. So, and you know, virtual events of all kind they're they're coming and we are going to put one on Travis and I will figure out what that's going to look like in spaces. And maybe we'll use alt space VR because that's the one that's most accessible to, uh, to people on. Uh, Actually, on no, I think the one that's probably most is, is, uh, is spatial.io. Because it, it, on you can do it on desktop, you can do it on mobile, Android, iOS, iPad, or Oculus. I launched actually, it in the Oculus, and it was buggy. Was it? Yeah, I just think Alt it's, space it's, is another one that says we got to figure out where because that's where it's cool. It's like I got I got some badass penthouses that are actually NFTs. We don't care about your magazines. Those are different. What? <laughs> your penthouses. Okay. She said you had penthouses. I know. Well, I have those. I don't have any of those analog penthouse magazines, but I have five. I have one penthouse in Dubai, one in Paris, one in Miami, one in Las Vegas, and one somewhere else. I don't even know where it is, but they're NFTs that I got from uh, Exclusible, and they're really cool. I did buy one of those penthouses per your uh, direction, non-financial advisor, Travis. You put up your NFTs on the wall, and I play videos on the wall. So it's like, it's actually pretty cool. Uh, let's see. How about you and I this week do a play, play around session and then we'll yeah. figure out where we want to do it. Okay. Oh, you know, alt space got purchased by Microsoft. Okay. That's uh, so they Isn't that definitely... available on Oculus too. The alt space oh yeah. Thing? Yeah. It's, it's the oldest yeah, um, yeah. VR community app and uh, it's, it, it runs pretty good. Anyhow, Thank you, everybody, for joining us today. Again, follow us at Bad Crypto Pod on Twitter, at Bad Crypto Podcast on Instagram. Make sure that you are subscribed because it really does make you more appealing to uh, to others. Like they just somehow people know oh, you're breathtaking. You mm. take my breath away. You must listen to the Bad Crypto Podcast. And then you're like, why? Yes, I do. Yeah. Thank you once again for listening. Make sure you are subscribed, follow, like, share, and uh, don't forget to eat some corn and do something else. Yeah, you can do it. You know what? Is is it's okay to fart in the metaverse because no one can smell it? (laughs) Not yet, anyway. That's that's the next metaverse. That technology will will happen next. All right, gang, stay bad. The Bad Crypto Podcast is a production of Bad Crypto LLC. The content of the show, the videos, and the website is provided for educational, informational, and entertainment purposes only. It's not intended to be and does not constitute financial, investment, or trading advice of any kind. You shouldn't make any decisions as to finances, investing, trading, or anything else based on this information without undertaking independent due diligence and consultation with a professional financial advisor. Please understand that the trading of Bitcoin's and alternative cryptocurrencies have potential risks involved. Anyone wishing to invest in any of the currencies or tokens mentioned on this podcast should first seek their own independent professional financial advisor. I'm not sure if you knew this story, but after iFart was a huge hit, 
um, we put out a press release on April Fool's Day that said due to the new iSent technology in Apple's iPhone, that the latest update of iFart, you could actually smell the farts. And we actually had two people write us to open support tickets telling us it didn't work. <laughs> <laughs> nice. And, and, and your reply was, dumbass. <laughs> April Fool's dumbass. <laughs> 